In a world where it seems totally normal to listen to a podcast about the Toronto Argonauts, it's the X's and Argos podcast. Welcome to the X's and Argos scouting report brought to you by Funny Bone Broth. My name is Ben Grant. So the Argos have the Ottawa Red Blacks this week, and joining me to help preview the game is Red Blacks play-by-play voice, TSN 1200's AJ Jackiebeck. AJ, thanks so much for being here to talk some CFL football. My pleasure. Always uh, happy to do it. So the Red Blacks, they're coming off a, a big win last week. It's a bit rich, but Argos fans are somewhat skeptical given what's gone on the, the last couple seasons in Ottawa. It, so is this... Is this team for real, or is it just a team that's that's very good at beating the Elks? Well, we're going to find out uh, on Wednesday because uh, I'm kind of wondering the same thing. Um, look, I, I think I've made the analogy that you know if you're if you're a team, and I I think it's probably even stronger in in football because the quarterback position is just so important. I, I view it as the most important in in all of sports. Um, you, you can argue that in hockey that, you know, the, the starting goaltender, you, you might have a, a team that is okay, but if they don't have a starting goaltender, that's any good. And we saw that last year, for example, with, with the Ottawa senators, the first 16 games of the year, they're two 13 and one, and they didn't, they looked off. They looked like a team that didn't belong in the league and they couldn't get a save. And all of a sudden they started getting goaltending and they're pretty competitive the rest of the way. And I think you can say the same thing and probably even more so when it comes to quarterback play. I mean, when you look at how the Ottawa Red Blacks looked the first six weeks of the season, they looked like a team that didn't belong in the league. And all of a sudden they get competent quarterbacking and, you know, the, the, the talent that I thought that was there around them. And do I think this is the best receiving core in the league? I, I don't do. I think, um, you know, that their running back situation is good enough. Uh, I, I don't do, I think, uh, their offensive line, I, I mean, is one of the best in the league, you know, you're not going to compare this offensive line, for example, with what you see in Winnipeg, but you know, there's eight straight games. That being said, they, I mean, they've been banged up so much. There's eight straight games where someone new has come in on the whole line. Uh, this will be Chris Ferguson's CFL debut at left tackle, a global player out of the University of Cincinnati this week. So, um, but actually, I think the O-line's been better each and every week and, and to me has been trending upwards. So, um, but the reality was, you know, this is a team through six weeks of the season that had five offensive touchdowns and, you know, three and conceded three on offense. So, like, they're barely breaking even when it came to productivity uh, on, on offense. It was... It, it was dreadful. And, you know, I, I think from a fan standpoint, the fans in Ottawa, uh, they were tired of seeing 34-year-old Matt Nichols won hot balls, and they were tired of seeing 32-year-old Dominic Davis throw pick sixes. I mean, he threw three in a row in his in his three games. And so, and, and we saw, you know, a, a lot of that, uh, you know, not one every game, obviously, but um, that was a problem with the 14 interceptions that he threw in 2019 as a starting quarterback. So the reality is, well, Matt Nichols has been a pretty good quarterback in the Canadian football league. His arm just doesn't look like it's there coming after the shoulder surgery. And while Dominic Davis has shown at times flashes uh, that, that he's got the potential to be that guy. I mean, 
we've just got a large enough sample size to, to realize that, you know, he, he's prone to too many major mistakes in key points. So uh, to see Caleb Evans come in and his first ever CFL start, and I don't know how he's going to replicate that. I mean, teams have film on him right now, so, you know, they might be able to exploit some things, but to just see the decision-making that, that he had and the poise and, and to go along with the tools, a dual threat quarterback that Ottawa's really never had their probably best running quarterback has been Henry Burris, who, you know, could get away from pressure if need be, but you know, you wouldn't call him a dual threat in his early forties. So, uh, you know, he brings something with his legs. That's a little bit different than we've seen here in red blacks history and, and his arm strength and, and accuracy in some of those passes um, you know, was, was pretty impressive too, but the, the most exciting thing for me was just the decision-making and, you know, there, there was not one play that I could look back on and say, Ooh, we got away with that one. That could have been an interception. Um, you know, maybe, maybe there's a couple of throws he'd like back and, you know, maybe there's a couple of decisions where you could say, okay, maybe he could have gone in a different direction, but you know, there, there was not one play where you could say, well, that could have been a turnover. So, um, a real encouraging start. And I think the biggest thing for Ottawa Red Blacks fans at this stage, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, if they go four and three the rest of the way, they've got a decent chance of, of making the playoffs at six and eight, the way things are playing out right now. But it's about hope. You know, fans just want hope. And if we see more of the same from Caleb Evans and everyone else, you know, like that, that was a three-phase win, special teams, defense, offense. Everyone else plays, you know, to a similar fashion and similar level than what we saw in the Edmonton game. Um, at, at the very least, that gives this fan base hope. It gives the group of players hope going into every game. And, um, you know, whether that leads to a 4-10 and 10 record or 7-7, seven and seven, to me, uh, it, it's all about uh, just hope for everyone involved so that, you know, you can start to look forward to, to maybe taking another big step next year. And I think the coaching staff deserves a lot of credit for last week too. I thought it was a, a brilliantly called game by by Paul Apolis. I, I thought he but he also showed a lot of faith in in Caleb Evans because like you said it wasn't it wasn't just what I was expecting which was one read and then tuck it and go or maybe two he seemed to have you know the ability to, to scan the field and and make decisions back there but at the same time I thought Lapolis was conservative in his game plan it wasn't aggressive they weren't you know firing the ball downfield so I just thought the coaching staff handled that really well now if we look at one of the biggest problems for, for Edmonton last week, it was they continued to kick the ball to Devontae Dedman. And I, I couldn't understand for the life of me why they kept doing that. And so I imagine the Argos this week are going to do their best to keep the ball away from Dedman. Is is this something where if, if special teams aren't a factor, do you do you think that the, the Red Blacks are going to be able to hang around and, and maybe take this game? Yeah, well, what a test for Mark Nelson in his first game against the Red Blacks, right, as a guy who was, uh, you know, there since 2014, uh, you know, mainly as defensive coordinator and linebackers coach. And, but he would he would have seen Devontae firsthand, for example, in that game against Montreal in 2019 where he had two kick return touchdowns in the same game, one on a kickoff and one on a punt return. So um, you know, he'll, have, he'll definitely be aware uh, of how electrifying he can be. And, and to me, 
I think he might be the most electrifying player in the league. I mean, four touchdowns in 11 games now um, and, and leads the league in combined yards. Uh, and he's barely even factored in on offense. He's a receiver. Um, but, you know, even when they had a running back go down in the Saskatchewan game, Timothy Flanders due to injury. I mean, he looked actually better than Flanders did and he hadn't played running back since high school. So this guy's just a guy that, you know, I, I'm hoping CFL fans will get to see for a long time. I mean, for his sake, I mean, you always, you know, it's like, like a guy like Deontay Spencer as well, right? You see him in the NFL and in a return role and even getting some, some looks on offense now too in Denver. And you're happy to see him, him get that opportunity. And I wonder if he'll kind of follow in the footsteps of guys like Chris Williams and Deontay Spencer that, you know, might get a look in the national football league uh, for CFL fans. I think, we probably, we, you know, from Pinball Clemens to Gizmo Williams, I mean, I grew up in Edmonton, right? So, you know, that that's one of the things that makes CFL so great. But, uh, yeah, Deadman to me is uh, as an electrifying a player as there is right now in the Canadian Football League and, you know, full value for being one of the – named one of the performers of the week. Uh, you know, the, the one thing I'll say about, you know, Ottawa, I mean, certainly it's not just about – Devontae Deadman. I mean, it's about the entire special teams unit. And even in 2019, when the team was three wins, uh, the, the, this special teams unit, really since Bob Dice came here in 2016, has consistently performed as one of the best in the league. So it's about their cover teams where, you know, Richie Leone is killing it well over 40 yards uh, every net punt. Uh, so you've got that. You've got, you know, guys like Brendan Glanders and Nigel Romick who have been here a long time in, on the cover units. You've got Lewis Ward, the most accurate kicker in the history of the CFL. Small sample size, sure, but, I mean, he's just been Mr. Automatic at 92% uh, since coming in, and now you've got an electrifying return guy in Deadman. So that that unit, you know, has always been coached so well by Bob Dice. Uh, I think the defense, um, you know, now that they got some help, they were really good the first three weeks. Then they got torched two weeks in a row by Montreal and, and by BC. Uh, but, you know, I think they missed Abdul Kenna and Sherrod Baltimore. Sherrod's still out probably a couple more weeks uh, with a hamstring injury, but Kenna's back. Uh, you know, he had a pick six and in the opening win against Edmonton uh, on the road, and this will be his second game of the season. So that'll be a boost to the secondary. And, and, and to me, Avery Williams is, you know, one of the best linebackers in, in the CFL right now. I mean, he's, on pace for Solomon Elamimian record numbers. I mean, we're not going to play an 18 game season, obviously, but, you know, would have been on pace for, you know, potentially breaking Elamimian's uh, tackle record. So in a single season, so you, you've got, and I think as well, you've got a couple of guys that maybe didn't perform as well as they needed to. There were free agents to start the season, but the last couple of weeks have been really good weeks for Don Unamba and Cleon Lang as well. So, um, I, I think the defense is good. I, I think special teams is, is, you know, right at the top of the league. It's about the offense, right? And if the offense is okay, then they're going to win some football games down the stretch. Uh, it just has to be okay. I thought, you know, last week it was good. How much of that was Ottawa? How much of that was Elks? We'll, we'll find out probably a little bit more tomorrow, but, uh, you know, it was, it was historically bad the first six weeks of the season. I mean, the only the only win they had 
in week one is the only game in CFL history where a team won with less than hundred yards in that offense. And so, um, you know, you're, you're just not going to win football games that way. And if they get something out of the offense, then, you know, the other two phases should be able to win them a lot of football games, I think. Just watching Coach Nelson at, at practice this week, he's very aware of <laughs> of the importance <laughs> of this game and the significance, and he he knows exactly who's back there returning punts, returning kicks. So I think he'll he'll probably have have something in mind, some sort of game plan, because Toronto's special teams have not been great this year. Uh, punts have been blocked on a, a weekly basis, and there have been all sorts of uh, issues back there. So you know, I think there's there's a lot of faith in in Coach Nelson being able to pull the the unit together. But that's that's the combination of pulling so many players from all these different teams special teams seem to be the thing that suffered the most in this uh, sort of new Argos team so for Argos fans that haven't really got a chance to see the Red Blacks this year who's a player that they may not have heard of that has maybe made an impression on you so far this season yeah I'll, I'll say I mean well I, I guess Caleb Evans would probably be the first guy on that list but if they if they saw last week, then then that's one. I mean, we know about Deadman, we know about Williams. Um, you know, I, I'll say uh, Ryan Davis is a guy that's really impressed me as a, as a rookie. That um, he was the all-time leading uh, receiver at at Auburn University, and you know, a smaller guy in the slot that you know has some dynamic qualities as well. He probably would have had a touchdown. You know, that uh, miracle Music City miracle last take play that they had. In week one against Edmonton, that uh, was called back on video review. Um, I, I still think the Red Blacks are mad about that decision. I, I think it was probably, in truth, uh, you know, maybe a half a yard, uh, a forward pass uh, before Davis ran it uh, to the house. But uh, was there conclusive evidence? Certainly the Red Blacks didn't think so. So we got a taste of what Ryan do- Davis could do then. Um, you know, and, you know, I think he... He linked up quite well with with Caleb Evans last week with his second CFL touchdown catch. And, um, you know, I, I think this is a receiving group that, you know, has taken some knocks this year. But it's actually, I, I thought, you know, I thought they played quite well last week. And I think there's some positives when you bring in a veteran like Kenny Stafford. R.J. Harris, to me, is a solid, steady, reliable guy. And, and Davis has some dynamic qualities. And, and a guy like Nate Bahar who, uh, you know, had a great, I, I watched him play in college at, at Carleton, was a high first round pick by Edmonton. And, you know, just, I don't know if he got on the wrong foot uh, with with contract right away in Edmonton and he missed training camp, but we've never really seen him kind of look anywhere near the, the Nate Bahar we saw at Carleton. Well, we've seen that a little bit more this year. He's been pretty solid as well for this Red Blacks team on offense. So, um, yeah, those are some of the guys that, uh, you might get a look at uh, on that side of the ball. And, you know, on defense, a, a guy that's really impressed me is praise Martin Oguike out of Temple. They've had great success, this team uh, out of Temple University. I mentioned Avery Williams. You've got Avery Ellis uh, off uh, off the edge on one side, and it's Martin Oguike on the other. Of course, uh, the best red, red black in history went to Temple and Henry Burris. But Martin Oguike, he's, he's a guy that makes plays. Uh, he's, he's been dangerous off the edge. And, um, a, a guy that uh, has cre- created some havoc, whether it's tackles for loss, sacks, um, you know, you you name it. He's he's been, you know, pressures. Uh, he, he's been a, a nice find, I think. Uh, so um, those are some of the guys that I think to watch for. I'd say Adam O'Claire, their first round pick, 
from 2020. But unfortunately, he's not going to play this game due to injury. He's a Canadian that's been playing at will linebacker that uh, has been getting more reps on the defensive side each and every week and and, and has not looked out of place uh, getting those reps. Uh, so uh, that's a guy to watch out for in the future and certainly a guy that, uh, you know, especially once a guy like Antoine Pruno uh, finally retires after playing his 100th CFL game last year, and he still has some good football left in him uh, for, for hopefully – a couple uh, more years. Red Blacks are hoping that for sure. But, you, you know, whenever he moves on, it seems like they've got uh, a pretty good kind of replacement uh, as a guy that can maybe play well in safety in uh, Adam O'Claire. And for any Ottawa fans that are watching this show for probably the first and only time uh, this this season, uh, we've got Jack Kassar starting at middle linebacker who's a Carlton Ravens star for the last few years. So that's someone that they may want to look out for as well. But uh, well, you know, I broadcast Panda on the weekend and no, I wasn't overturning cars on Russell Avenue after the fact. What a game, though. Uh, <laughs> well, every year. I mean, it, Panda never disappoints. Uh, every year it's been good, but the, the exciting thing for me, uh, every week when I fill out the depth charts and you see, okay, how many guys are from, you know, the, the local schools and, you know, it, it just seems like there's more and more from both schools right now. I think the fact that Carlton actually, um, you know, has a program again, and it's been eight years now, 2013, they returned, but it, it's been, it's been great for all of football. And I think it's, it's boosted you know, both schools in terms of some of the, the, the players that they're getting because pandas, you know, that that's one area where you can recruit because of that game. Right. I mean, it was 15,000 this year, but that, that's, that's one thing. If all of a sudden all schools are equal and, you know, yeah, you can go play for Carlton or Ottawa and, um, and, and get a chance to play in front of 25,000, uh, you know, a handful of times in, in university, that might be the deciding factor. So, yeah, it's great to see. I mean, it's great. I think U Sports all all around is uh, is certainly getting better and better each each year, and you're seeing more Canadians get the opportunity to play south of the border, NCAA as well. So, yeah, it's it's great to see the strength of you know the the, the local schools, but just Canadian players uh, in general. Absolutely. Well said. Well, AJ, I know you've got a busy schedule. I, I won't keep you from it. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been awesome. Yeah, my pleasure. Hopefully we get a fun game tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to it. Folks, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the X's and Argos Scouting Report. For AJ Jackiebeck, this is Ben Grant saying so long and may all your pre-snap reads be good ones. I'll see ya. Fight the 